In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. You know, if we had money and we just took it off the table, I wonder what today's guest answer is going to be. Well, my name is Tony Grubmeyer and this is episode number 26. Today's guest is a lover of life, a father of two lion cubs, a loving husband, a martial arts teacher, an entrepreneur, a philosopher. He's even written a book and he's the co-founder of Hero Academy. Please welcome to the show from Costa Rica, Romza. What's going on, bro? Thank you for having me. I'm always pumped to have a conversation with you because it never goes according to any script or plan. And that's what I love about the show. There's no script, no plan, just a journey. And so for the next 45 minutes, we're going to go up Success Mountain. We're going to talk about, as I Sherpa you up the mountain, some of the things you've unpacked about yourself and your life. And then you'll be the Sherpa on the way down, kind of giving us input, maybe things that you've learned that are shareables that you think are so important that you don't want somebody to miss out on. And then just, I want to talk about the Hero Academy. I want to talk about you being a father. But the first question I ask out the gate to every guest is, what is your definition of success? It's to be able to be honest with yourself and others 100% of the time. That's a powerful statement because I'm full of shit some of the time. Wait, wait, wait. I'm full of shit a lot of the time, right? And so it's really easy for me to want to Cool. So I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about being honest and where that came from. Would you say you've been able to be honest now after you getting to a certain part of your life where you really have unpacked a lot of things that maybe were suppressed? Bless you. Things that you kind of saw deep down inside that maybe you wanted to work on. So what I'd love to do is get the audience really, really present with who you are on your journey. So where did you grow up? What was life like in the early days? And then we'll climb today and we're going to take some big stretches. So I know you're already stretched out physically, mentally, and emotionally. I'm working I know on you're it. going to take us up a journey. So I'm excited for today. Yep. So what would you say your life was like as a child growing up? Uh, when I was four and a half, we moved to the U.S. from Chechnya when the war started there. And I was a really smart kid. I mean, I, I already knew how to like read and do multiplication really early. My parents drilled that into me. I guess that was like a very Russian thing. And then I would always just get into fights a lot outside in school. I went to school. I was in the gifted program, always getting into fights, just like always standing my ground. I was always like the smaller kid in class. So I would just be super scrappy. And at a certain point, people would, I guess, stop messing with me, stop bullying me. Because being small, I mean, it, it definitely has its disadvantages growing up because you're such an easy target. But it's a lot harder of a target when you pick up a stick and you hit it over somebody's head and then you stop being a target. So, I mean, growing up was really fun. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York in the 90s. And New York was super fun back then. It was very like wild. It was still like unrefined. It didn't have any hipsters. It was just like bad neighborhood, good neighborhood, bad neighborhood, good neighborhood. There wasn't really much like gentrification. My parents were always working, so it's kind of like left to my own wits, hanging out outside, started smoking pot and doing drugs really early, started selling weed when I was 11, just progressed up that hierarchy, that chain of selling substances. And 
yeah, I dropped out of high school when I was in ninth grade. So I was about 14. So I stopped going to school and I would just basically be a professional at selling drugs, having sex with random girls and getting into fights. Those are pretty much my three main activities. So I look back at this smart kid, like four and a half coming to, you know, America. And you said like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put these words the best I can coming from you. You were gifted. Like you had the ability. Was there an inner fight, struggle, something going on that you can look back now and say, oh, this happened? <laughs> yeah. I actually could think back to the moment where like everything shifted. I was in third grade and I just got transferred into this gifted program in a school and my parents moved to a different neighborhood. So we switched to a different public school. So I got taken out of that class in that school and they put me into a different gifted program in the other school. And I made a conscious decision as soon as I got there that I was never going to do homework again. I was <laughs> like, this is bullshit. Like, I, I don't want to spend my time at home doing homework. And I just like winged it for the next probably till eighth grade. I just winged it. Like I never did homework again, ever, ever, ever. They still kept me in the gifted program because like I would still test well. So they didn't have a reason to kick me out. And I guess I just always had a problem with people telling me what to do when I honestly, deep down inside, didn't believe that they had the skill set or the wisdom base to be able to tell me what to do. That's powerful, right? My mom was a teacher special ed teacher, taught for, you know, 30 plus years. I've been around a lot of teachers and teachers have a belief system. And that was instilled from either a teacher that really kind of empowered them or really they looked up to or whatnot. If you were to go back today to the education system and you had one thing that you could apply, fix or change, what do you think you would do different this time? I would burn that shit to the ground, bro. <laughs> Dude, I really don't believe in like the traditional schooling system. I mean, it was essentially built for factory workers. These kids coming out right now have absolutely no emotional intelligence. They have no like common sense. They have no emotional intelligence. Their, their bodies are calcified because they get one 15 minute period a day to run around. They have anxiety. They have depression because that energy that's moving through them is forced to sit at a desk and just do shit that they don't want to do for when do you start school? You start school when you're like five or six and you go on until you're 18 and then you go to college and you kind of repeat the same shit. And then you come out and you have to relearn everything in the real world. Like afterwards, I went to college for seven years and I literally to this day can't think of one thing that I've used that I learned in college or in school. Yeah. Like, so let's talk about maybe some things you have been able to use and really work from selling drugs. Talked, yeah. talked a lot about business, life, et cetera. Dude, entrepreneurship, like the most purest essence of entrepreneurship is selling like pot even, right? It has a very clear profit margin. It has like a very clear exchange, like a value that you're giving the person. It has marketing instilled in it, right? Because the more people that have your beeper number, if you remember beepers, the more people beep you and you call them back. There's a legal essence that you have to learn. You have to learn the rules. You have to learn where you're supposed to hide your stuff, where you're supposed to pay money to get out of your get out of jail free card. There's so many elements involved in it that it's just like running any other business essentially. I mean, I know you live in Colorado and it's an actual business now, but back then it was closer to a brothel, right? Yeah. So have you ever seen the TV show Drugs Inc? Mm -mm. It's one of my favorite shows. And people go, why do you sit at home watching about how <laughs> meth's made and all this kind of stuff? I said, no, I actually go back to 
like poppies and coke and marijuana and watching these farmers make it and then drug mules to move it and then how it gets transferred and then it how it gets smuggled and then how it gets added up and it gets keeps getting cut and by the time it's released something that was literally about a two dollar initial turned into about eighty thousand dollars on the street I'm fascinated on that. Oh, those margins, bro. <laughs> Lose the drugs for a moment and just be like fascinated. That's business. That's life. It's happening around us in every kind of industry. And we're the just- Government's involved. <laughs> you're just like, wow. So you just gave just a really, really vivid kind of look. Where did selling take you from uh, just an emotional standpoint? Because you had loving parents, right? Mom, dad, yeah. education system in your mind broke in, had to learn a lot of things early on for survival. You talked a little bit about knowing the right people to get out of jail. Did you ever get to jail? Did you ever go to jail? Nah, I never had that chance. All my friends were older than me. Like I had mentors really early and there was a summer where I got like kind of separated from my friends and a lot of them went down on like RICO charges. And a lot of these older dudes, and I was like 15, 16 years old. So I kind of seen my future. And that was the summer that everything shifted for me. And I went back to school and I went to like an alternative high school. I got my high school degree in like a year. The first person to finish that school in a year. And then I got into a bunch of colleges and like everything like shifted for me. So now we're in your 20s, college. You said seven years in college. What was your education around? I was actually going to be a doctor. I went to pre-med. I had like a 3.8 average for those four years of pre-med. I was a nutrition major, but I, I already started training jiu-jitsu. I started wrestling first, and then I started training jiu-jitsu because like school was boring. Like they didn't have, it didn't have like that emotional impact as it did like running the streets. Like studying sucks, especially when you're studying something you don't want to study. At a certain point, I just needed that excitement in my life. So I started wrestling. Then I, I obviously had a clear picture in my head where I wanted to go. And I started jiu-jitsu and then I started competing every weekend. And then I decided to pivot and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy some time because everybody in my family thought I was going to be a doctor. And like, I was trying to like make them happy. I didn't want to fucking mm. be a doctor. So I pivoted and I went to nursing school. So then I went to nursing school for three years while I was competing and training all the time. And it was super stressful. Like I didn't want to do it, but I wanted to make my parents happy. And then two classes before graduating... I just made a decision I was going to drop out and open up my martial arts gym. Doctor, parents make happy. Nah, I'll go do nursing. Ah, make everybody happy. Nah, quit a couple days before. I'm just going to go open an academy. Like, I'm going to go open a gym. Here's this jujitsu. How tall are you, by the way? Like five, three and a half, maybe. What's your view on technology? It's cool. It's a great tool. If you use it as a tool, it's a horrible addiction. If it's used as an addiction. I have a very addictive personality. So I used to have a cell phone when I, when I used to live in New York and I was just addicted to it. Like I was always in that shit. So I decided one day to do a 30 day challenge and I got rid of my cell phone for 30 days. It wasn't so bad. So I just kind of haven't had a cell phone in four and a half years. Yeah. This last weekend I went to a men's retreat in five days, no technology. And I said, the last time I hadn't had technology was like 1998 when my wife and I got married and I had a beeper that if I got a beep, I knew I had to go find a payphone. Well, there's only one damn payphone at the time on the island. So by the time I just realized, I'm like, screw it, put it away. And this was like such an impactful weekend getting rid of that need, right? Like, so how do people get a hold of you if they need to get a hold of you today? They just send me a message on Facebook or, or my email and... When I get to it, I'll answer them. I'm usually really fast with that. Like 
I do a lot of work on the computer. I study a lot on the computer. I study a lot of like jujitsu. I study a lot of like other stuff. And I'm fairly easy to reach, except when I'm traveling, like you can't reach me. Like when I'm doing shit, like you can't reach me. That's the purpose of it. Like when I'm doing something, I'm 100% doing that thing. And if I'm not doing anything, I'm pretty easy to reach. All right. So you walk away kind of a couple of weeks before school's out. What did you transition to? So I read a story when I was younger about Cortez coming to like South America and Central America and coming with like 500 soldiers and a bunch of like military technology. And they were up against like millions of natives and he burnt the ships. Whether that was a true story or wasn't a true story, he burnt the ships and he told them like, we're either going to win or we're going to die, but we can't go back home. So that story, like stories, right? Like we're human beings. That's how things are passed along. And that story changed everything for me because I knew that if I would graduate school, I would always have a job for like close to six figures, like no problem. And I knew that running my own martial arts academy is going to be really hard. Like it's going to be challenging. And I also knew that like as strong as I am, as resilient as I am, like I'm still a human being. And if it would get hard, I might fold under the pressure of, oh, you should just go back and like go to work and forget this whole like martial arts dream. So I just decided I'm not going to graduate because whatever, I'm just going to burn the ships. I totally love that. I spent some time this last weekend, William Wallace and Braveheart, right? I can just see you like, screw it. I'm just going to burn the ships. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to burn it all down because it sounds like that was one of the beginning stages of you really saying, Hey, you know what? That's great. Everybody has instilled me with their ideas, their thoughts. And this was the new impact on your life, which was you taking ownership of your life, right? And you said early on, you had mentors and people who helped you to sell how to be a better person in the drug game. But now like, now you're like, okay, I'm going to open an academy. What did you know about an academy other than you had been around jujitsu and you'd been in some places? Like, what was that? I didn't know shit, but I went and reached out to a friend that had an academy and she mentored me for the first year and like gave me so many ideas and I'm forever grateful. I mean, I'm forever grateful to all of my teachers, whether they were in like surviving outside with like in a more illegal setting or fighting or picking up women. Like I had mentors for everything. I didn't even know what a mentor was. I might've not even like realized it, but I was always modeling. I was consistently modeling and she gave me a lot of ideas and just sheer like willpower just did it. I mean, our first year we, I did like 200 plus thousand at my academy and like pretty good for a physical business for a 25 year old kid that doesn't know shit about anything. How old are you today? I turned 31 in February. So in that six year strand, this thing has really has grown. It's massive. I mean, yeah, for sure. Cause like three years after, no, like two and a half years after I started it, I just gave it away and I burned the ships again and moved to Costa Rica. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about today is I think I've done it and I I love it. I love the fact that you can, like I did it with my last podcast show, a couple hundred episodes in, I went into iTunes and I hit delete and said, bye. Someone goes, why did you do that? I'm like, it's kind of like that, the burn the ships. Like, I mean, that was a belief system that I had and I wanted to change and I want to do things differently. So some of the stuff that I want to kind of dive into, because I'm sitting here, I'm taking little notes as Rome's talking and I'm like saying to myself, shit, like you just pick up from you know, New York and you're like, all right, fine. I'm going to Costa Rica. What was calling you from Costa Rica? Well, New York got hit with Hurricane Sandy and our academy was doing really well. We launched a program for three to five year olds 
We were like the only program that I know of that had three to five-year-old kids. We had like 70 kids or, or 80 kids our first year. It was a really massive program. And um, Hurricane Sandy hit and we were doing a lot of the relief effort from the gym. We had 1,500 bags of clothes and food that we delivered in our own car, Lola and I. And we really liked it. Like we really liked working with that type of thing. It was very fulfilling. And we also realized that living in a big city is not very like a resilient thing. Like it's a very crazy thing. Like it's not built for like humans to live in such densely populated areas with only three exits away and not so much tinfoil hat shit, but it's just like, I just didn't feel like in a safe place. So we visited Costa Rica and we decided that we're going to move there. So we, we gave away the gym. We sold the mats, like it moved to a different location. It went with some of the students. We sold the mats. We had $5,000. We bought tickets for $2,000 for me, Lola, and the two kids. And we didn't really, we only knew the real estate agent that also trained jiu-jitsu in Costa Rica. And we just came down there. We had like 120 k in personal debt from like student loans and stuff between Lola and I, and about 250000 in debt from our business that we just started, the online business with supplements. And we just decided to move down to Costa Rica. With th- we had $3,000 in our pocket cash. That's it. Yeah, if you spend two grand to get there, then you got three grand to now kind of figure it out. What are some things that you've learned along your journey from making that, oh, I'm going to burn the ships and we're just going to move. We're going to sell the mats. We're going to give stuff away. We're going to do what we can. How freeing was that to even know you had 350 in debt over your head, right? You had three in your pocket. You had a woman, two kids. And I want to learn some of the things that you were chunking down in your life to kind of get to the place where you're like, shit, like I'm free, but I'm also, I'm in debt, but I'm free. Yeah. It was scary as fuck. Like none of us spoke Spanish. We didn't know anybody. Our first apartment had like a crazy mold overgrowth. It had like a black mold overgrowth. We got sick, but it was exhilarating. It was exciting. Like we knew we weren't going to go back. Like we knew we were going to make it. Like we were going to do that thing. And it, it was like a single minded like focus that I stopped doing everything else. I was just like, I'm going to make this business work. And it just, we learned so much. Like we learned how to communicate with each other. Like we learned how to be there for each other in chaotic situations. We learned how to be more self-reliant. Like we didn't have any family there. Like we didn't, we didn't have anybody. So we had to like be the tribe for ourselves and like be leaders for each other. So yeah. I think the piece that like keeps showing up multiple times, right, is this evaluation process that's constantly taken place in your life. Have you found yourself, because you were talking about being an entrepreneur, right, and you have this addictive personality and like every couple of years, it seems like you blow up shit and then you just go do it again, but you're refining it. Like you're getting better. Like the inward journey in the beginning was an inward fight. And now the process is more of like, I know who I am today. And I'm actually good in my skin today. Yeah. And I take you back to that kid at four and a half years old, streets, like start selling seven, eight, nine, you know, and then basically saying one day, screw it, I'm done. I don't want to go back to school. And then something happened. Then you go back to school. Then you go kind of, oh, I'm almost to the end. Oh, let's shit. Let's do this again. Boom. Would you admit or maybe say it's been a little bit of a game for you? It's a video game. It's 100% a video game. I'm just looking to get rid of the bullshit. Like, I just want to be as honest as possible as I can with myself. And a lot of that might not be lined up with other people's ideas of what I should be doing. What's your experience with your wife today? How'd you guys meet? She had a two and a half year old son. 
and she was looking for jujitsu classes for kids. And I didn't have any, like, I didn't have like a bomb ass kids program at that point. And I had a rule that I don't date my clients, but she wasn't a client. So we went out on a date. I'm sure she, like, she would tell you her own angle of that story. But um, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> it was really rough. We've been through a lot. Yeah. What kind of stability has she brought to your life? She's very supportive of my that thing that I have inside that's always yearning to get rid of the bullshit. Like she's very supportive of me like following my truth, whatever that means at that moment. Yeah. The truth. I think that's the pursuit of what a lot of us think we'd want on our journey, but I think we're afraid of. I think we're afraid. So we just fabricate makeup and we try to fill our lives with a bunch of false truths so that we don't have to face our real self in the mirror. Like, I know I walk through a lot of depths in my life where I couldn't look at the person in the mirror. Like I didn't like the person I saw. I thought, man, that guy's full of shit. I remember 21. I remember 30. What was your life like when you were kind of through this process, you Lola dating, kind of doing this, making this transition. When you looked at yourself in the mirror, were you happy with the person you saw? Or were you kind of saying to yourself, man, I I can do better. I was start like the glasses, like the filters were starting to come off. Like, I always know I couldn't do better. And I'm very, nowadays, I'm very okay with failing and getting my ass kicked. And back then, I wasn't as okay. I didn't have as healthy of an ego back then. And I believe my ego is becoming a lot more healthy nowadays because I do a lot of things that I'm really bad at regularly. And I challenge myself regularly. So... Yeah, I mean, the glasses are consistently like in the process of coming off like the veils of, Mm. of illusion about who I am and what I want. And do I really want this thing that I'm trying to get? Like, why am I chasing this thing that once I get, I'm not even going to be happy or fulfilled, like it's not going to make me any happier. So like, I'm always asking myself questions and always like reevaluating like what I'm working towards and why I'm doing it. And yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rome Zah. We are talking today to a man on a mission with a purpose. He loves giving back. He loves helping. He's got his Hero Academy. He's the co-founder, a philosopher, a writer, a tribe, an entrepreneur, a leader. A guy, at the end of the day, he is going from that inward struggle to really figuring out how he can be at his most authentic, true self and know that there is a journey ahead and how he can best suit himself to fight. Because he's been talking today about blowing up ships and we've been talking about how kind of his life's been blowing up multiple times, but he's here. He's a survivor. So there's a fight inside of him and I hope there's a fight in you to stick around. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled Show. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to reform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. Hey, it is Tony Grebmeyer. We are back on Be Fulfilled. Today's special guest from Costa Rica, Romza, joins us. He made the journey from New York to Costa Rica. It's been kind of a Real beginning journey for me today, talking to Rome, from kind of coming to America at four and a half to selling drugs to figuring out how to be a survivalist, hating the education system in such a way where he felt like 
you have to learn this stuff instead of you should learn this stuff. Let me give you some suggestions on what may be beneficial. Even talking about going through school and never being able to use anything that he learned in school to make it applicable to his life, like in the sense of like, oh, I learned this, I did this, I actually proved the result would be right, and I'm making money from it. Here was a guy who went to go to school to be a doctor, ended up deciding, hey, you know what, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go be a nurse. Eh, a couple of days before graduate, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. So we opened an academy and then basically before moving to Costa Rica, he just gave the thing away. They sold some mats, made a couple thousand dollars, bought a plane ticket, landed in Costa Rica, got three grand in his pocket. And he's like, all right, now what? First apartment, bam, mold. Oh crap. Like, what do I do? There's this fight, Rome. And that's what I want to bring you back into the journey as, as we come down the mountain, I'm going to really kind of turn this to you being the Sherpa. You if you need guidance from me, ask. But I really think that the story goes something like, here's all the things that I've learned since landing in Costa Rica, Tony, and really help the people for the next 10 to 15 minutes, how they can maybe take what you're sharing and make it applicable to their life. Yeah. So when we moved to Costa Rica, we were alone. So we would serve each other and then we met other people and then we would help serve those people and help to create breakthroughs for them. And then that kept building. And then eventually some of our friends moved down to Costa Rica. It's been an incredible journey because like our whole goal with like the people around us is to be as honest as possible. Sometimes like we're very critical of each other and sometimes we get into like altercations, but like you have to, like you have to, if you want to build a good relationship, like you have to like fight through the bullshit and get to the honesty. Like there's layers of that bullshit that we've tacked on throughout our lives. And I'm just looking to get rid of it in myself and help other people around me if they want to get rid of it themselves as well. And that's, yeah, I mean, just, that's why I practice Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as well, because it's like very honest. Like you can't like fake it till you make it. Like you either fucking walk the walk or like you get your ass whooped. Like that's it. Like there's no like in between, like, you know, how good somebody is as soon as you touch them, hmm. period. Like there's no like question about it. It's very hard to lie. And like, that's one of the reasons why I'm so attracted to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and my movement practice as well, because they're both very honest. Like you either can do it or you can't do it. It's very binary, very black and white. Have you ever got your ass kicked in Jiu-Jitsu so All much? The time. Look at my... Yeah, no, I noticed it before I think. I was like, I was going to ask you. I get my ass whooped all the time and I love it. I love it because it like, it brings me closer to not getting my ass whooped. That's powerful right there, right? Like if you look in that context of what that statement is, I'm not afraid of my enemy because the enemy has always been me. And this person is like constantly evolving. So I think that's so just from a power standpoint too, like, yeah, beat me today, beat me tomorrow, but you're not going to beat me every day, right? You're going to come back back stronger. Yeah. So when you bleed, do you have like a thing like when you get hit in the eye, you like taste your blood? Like I know some fighters like like it. They like wipe it down, put it on their gloves. Or, All right, it's game. Like what is it like for you when you get beat up? Because that little kid had to fight for survival. You had it to hurts. that little kid. Yeah. It fucking hurts, bro. But like I've switched the paradigm inside of my mind to kind of really enjoy the discomfort. Because like I know that if I push through the discomfort, if I just – stay in the fight, if I stay in the match, if I stay in the role, if I stay in the relationship, if I don't give myself a way out, then there's a very high probability that I'll win. Wow. Not giving yourself a way out. Yeah. That's super, super on point and powerful kind of with our adventure today that we've been on, which is 
this kid who only got to a certain part and then kind of like gave up on some of his talents, like gave up a little bit because you were smart. You were in like the smart kid program, right? Like I was never gifted to be in the talented program. Like I had to study and I still failed. So I want to learn a little bit about some life lessons that you can share today with the audience that are super impactful to help somebody today on a journey and a mission about making the fight their own and not like this person did this or that person said yeah. this. Like, how yeah, do you do take, res- take responsibility for everything that happens in your life. Like if somebody smashes into your car, like take responsibility for the emotions that you felt before they smashed into it. I really... I know it sounds a little wanky and a little woo-woo, but I really believe in the law of attraction. And I believe that like our thoughts and our emotions are so powerful and we attract everything that we want and that we don't want. And mostly what we don't want because most people think in what they don't want. So if you take more responsibility for your words, your thoughts and your actions, it'll be a game changer for you. Be fucking honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with other people. It might be uncomfortable at first uh, for the first few years, maybe the first few decades, but it's a very fruitful journey and it will bring you closer to that thing that you were when you were a child. Children are very honest and we break them because they are honest, because we are scared of that honesty that they say, you know, kids are like, oh, like that person's fat. Like, yeah, he's fucking fat. Like he's fat. Like he should lose some weight. And that's great because like, they're helping them with that criticism. Like criticism is very like un-American, really. It's more like Russian, Israeli, like very critical, very honest. And, and in the United States, like we've kind of moved away from that where everybody's like this little fucking unique snowflake and they, don't, they can't be criticized and all this stuff. But it's like, dude, if you're fat, like somebody's telling you that you're fat, cool, suck it up, go fucking start eating a better diet. Like if you don't like it, because if they're not saying it to your face, they're saying it behind your back. And I'd rather hear that shit in my face. Mm. Build up the people around you because when you finally make it, and you will finally make it if you keep doing those things, it's going to be so fucking lonely that if you don't have people around you that you grew with, like if you try to join masterminds and all that shit, it's not the same. It's not the same because they don't know you. They only know the new you. They don't know your fucking journey. And like build up those people because it's very easy to find people to celebrate with. Actually, it's actually easier to tell you the truth. It's easier to find people to cry with than it is to celebrate with because people like, it's very rare to when people really, really, really enjoy other people's celebration. And when people have skin in the game and what you're doing, they can enjoy your celebration because they're prospering too. Removing the poser from your life. And you were talking about masterminds, which I think is really great because it's almost like no one knows your story because it's like you're new in the room. It's like, I just got shifted back to you transferring schools in New York. I literally got from, here was this kid doing well in the gifted program. Then his parents like uproot you and move you. And in the moment you made this decision, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go fight. I'm just going to go, I don't want to go to school anymore. I'm not saying you're a poser. I'm just saying in the moment you shifted who you were and you became somebody else. And a lot of times when you walk into a mastermind group, you're like, puff out your chest. And you're like, look at me and my embellishments of all of this success. And in the end, you're really dying and struggling inside. And you know that's why I love being around you is because I've been in masterminds with you the same way in a mastermind, out of a mastermind. It's the same person that shows up. That's why when I stop you in the hallway, I'm like, we just chat. It's like, I'm talking to my brother. Like, it's not like I'm talking to some guy. I mean, I know you're making money and having fun, but at the end of the day, I want to be around real people. And you also made that statement, which is 
It's easier to find people to cry with. Why do you think people have a hard time with crying, men especially? Because they've been told their whole lives that boys don't cry. They've been told their whole lives to like hide when they're upset. They've been told their whole lives not to make that face when they're upset, not to stomp their feet, not to punch the wall. Like you got to tap into those primal fucking instincts and you got to like, like that's why I love combat sports because man, like when you see people in combat sports, a lot of them are so fucking humble and they're, they're so full of humility. And then you see a bunch of these fucking posers out there that fucking lift weights at the gym or whatever. And they're walking around with a puffed up chest thinking they're Superman. But like in reality, like boys need to fight. Mm. Boys need to fucking fight. Like if you have a problem with somebody and it needs to go to the physical altercation aspect of it, like you ha- like we're animals, like we're mammals. Like we need to figure out that hierarchy. We need to be challenged. Like we need to get scraped up. We need to get bruises. We can't be in these fucking bubbles. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take Rome. If you're ready for it, I'm going to throw you into the arena, the pit of fulfillment. It's the fulfillment round. You can't phone a friend. You can't ask anybody in the room for the answer. If you don't know it, I'm asking you to not be honest. Just make something up. Play with us. Have fun today, but don't cool. pass on a damn question. You ready? Uh, I'll never pass. I'll just say something that's incoherent. All right. Perfect. All right. Rome's us. So welcome to the fulfillment round. Random questions. First question out the gate. Longest time you've escaped into the jungle to do a ceremony. I spent a month in Peru in the end of 2015. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. What was one thing that you really discovered about yourself? I know there was many, but one that you could share. That I'm okay being alone. I'm okay being alone. Like um, I, I, don't, I don't need input. Like I am complete. I am full. Wow. That's powerful. That's like, um, I'm going to marinate on that one. I'm okay being alone. What do you do today? Step away from your academy, Lola, your kids, your friends, you. Like, Where do you find peace? Where's peace for you outside of kind of your kind of world? Do you go to the beach? Do you go into the jungle? Like, What do you do kind of to find your peace? I meditate a lot. I meditate, I mean, relatively a lot, right? It depends on the, the perspective, but I, my goal is to meditate 40 minutes each day. Sometimes I like to do it on the beach. Sometimes I like to do it at home, like, but I'm always doing it. I like that. Is there a practice or something that you've learned on your journey? You could share tips or ideas or, or I like to meditate on my death. Okay. I like to visualize my body deteriorating. And I also like to just be and just focus on my breath as well. I have like a little meditation course that I created like an audio course. I just put it out there on my website. A bunch of people have done it. It's been pretty cool for them. It's been pretty game changing. And yeah, people want it. What's the URL? It's romzad.com slash awaken. Romzad.com slash awaken. Yeah. And don't worry if you're listening this, we'll have it in the show notes. You can click (laughs) on the website and we'll get you there. All right. So, you know, you come to Costa Rica, Lola, when you meet her, two and a half year old, your program isn't set for two and a half year olds. So you now date. Now you're like, hey, since you're not, your kid isn't in the program, now you're dating. Where was your first date? Uh, we went to this Japanese restaurant called Kukaroon. It was a Japanese soba place. And then we went to that restaurant like three, four times a week till we moved away. And it was an hour and change away and an hour and change back and like a 30, 40 minute wait on average. So like, that's like almost every night we would be in there fucking just getting it in with soba. 
You know, the thing that I like is when you're dedicated about something, it's kind of like standing in front of a fighter. You're like, knock me down. I'll get back up. Knock me for a 30 minute wait. Screw that. I drove an hour and I'm going to drive an hour home. Like I'll take two and a half hours just to enjoy the idea about eating. And then how long would you have spent eating food? Like would it have been five, 10 minutes or an hour or two hours? No, I just- it'd be like, like an hour and change. And like all of our best ideas came from like, look, we were so broke one, like at a certain point that like, we were like, man, we really got to cut this fucking eating out thing. Cause like we're spending like 400 bucks a week on eating out and probably another couple hundred on gas. And we we're like, nah, fuck it. All of our best ideas come from like going to this place. And like, we would cut like we were like, we'll just make more money. Like we'll figure out how to make more money. And we just kept going. Like, cause we knew like that was like our thing. Those paper napkins moments where you just are jotting down your ideas. So I want to learn a little bit about your academy today. So I'm going to ask you some questions. What's it like when a little kid comes up to you and says, thank you for you and your heart? Because I take you back to your mission in New York and putting supplies together for 1500 and spending the time with your team and everybody in the community building all the supplies. I don't do well when someone tells me thank you. I have a hard time. I've learned, I've learned to accept it because I know that being a giver is just the opposite coin of being like a receiver. And when somebody says, thank you, like I enjoy the moment. I feel like the warmth inside of my body. And then I just keep it moving. And I just Uh, keep like serving. Your academy keeps getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah. We just moved to a new space. We're about 3,500 square feet. And Um, how much were you before? We were like 800 square feet. So it's like getting a mansion from living in a one bedroom apartment. Dude, it's like getting like an 18 inch dick attached between (laughs) your legs, bro. It's the best thing that... Dude, I've literally been imagining and visualizing this academy for the last two years. And this size academy does not exist here in one day because like I was just so fucking consistent with asking and like getting that thing inside of my mind Mm. and putting that out into the universe. Like one day, this guy I know is like, hey, I got this place. And it's literally like 100 meters away from my house. 300 plus feet. Sorry. (laughs) No, you you talked about... Wow, that's super really cool. So we talked about the universe. You talked about some of the stuff in your mind. And then you also mentioned about meditating on death, kind of like watching your body deteriorate. Well, your body's in great shape today. We were talking about that. And you've been spending a lot of time getting the toxins out of your body. How do you do that? Man, so many ways. One of, I mean, the best way that you can possibly do it is to change your diet, is to stop eating toxic food. Stop like if your ship is sinking, you got to plug up the holes first. You got to stop letting that shit come in. And that's step one. And then step two is helping your body because your body has amnesia on toxin removal because it's been fucking in a toxic state for so long. It's helping it along, cleaning out all the organs and cleaning out like your colon and cleaning out like all the areas of your body, including your skin as well, which is your biggest organ, right? There are many ways. One of my favorite ways is coffee enemas. I really enjoy coffee enemas. That's my favorite way to drink coffee. And I know you became really, really good friends over this journey with Jesse Itzler. And I think, didn't you guys experience a coffee enema? Didn't you guys get to that (laughs) level? I don't think he actually did it, but I got him a gift of a coffee enema. And hopefully one day he will, he'll get the courage to stick the coffee enema in his butt. I love it. (laughs) You know, the good thing is I just have to remind myself why I think from the very beginning today's question and every conversation I've ever had with you, it's really about that evolution of becoming more who you 
want to be versus the person who you thought you needed to be for everybody else. And I love that I'm thinking about the editors of my podcast and I'm thinking about, they just need to put the entire episode is F this, F that. It's been fun with Rome because I really just want to tell you the experience has been F that, F this. It's been fun. And I know when I look back in my moments of my life and as your comment to me today, and I really was able to take it, which was, hey, you look good. Like I like your haircut. Like I like the things that I see today in you because I begin to see myself, which is more being in the truth. And I just want to say thank you. And I want to make sure as you're listening today, ladies and gentlemen, you want to learn what this is all about. The superheroacademy.net. You're going to really learn about the experience, the powerful journey that's designed to help you to take and make massive moves in your life. And Rome is not just a one-dimensional, this is all that is. Rome has so many facets. We talked a little bit about the supplements. We talked a little bit about coaching, really a little bit about helping people go into the jungle, really helping a lot of people to unpack their life. He talked about detoxing. And I think when I look back, the things that I told you during this, it has been a detoxing journey for you to this point. The things that weren't self-serving or serving you or your wife or your kids or your family, like gone, like you burn those agreements. You said, I'm not going to allow these things anymore in my life. So I want to say thanks from my heart to yours to just say, it's been awesome. And I want to keep doing this on a regular basis with you. For sure. Thank you, bro. Powerful. We're just talking about the universe and the things you speak into existence and the things that you say and how they show up. And you're like, Oh, I didn't want that. No, you've been thinking like that. So they showed up the way you wanted. And there's some power in that. So Rome, Zah from Costa Rica, I appreciate you. I really, 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 really do. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you too. This is fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Tony Grebmeyer. And until next time, wherever you go, no matter what you do, you remember, if you're on your journey, it's coffee enema for you maybe. If it's maybe <laughs> changing up some things in your life, remember to make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at drainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever. 